Hey, hey, welcome back to the podcast. We're at episode 95. Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. We're learning how to create an epic brand, find the right marketing strategies, and building your business is a constant evolution, classroom, and lab. Each week, we'll be diving into all things brand and marketing with special guests and solo episodes to help you build your business, brand, and big idea. Hey, hey, welcome back. Awesome to have you here. Today, we are talking all about copywriting tactics to create a winning welcome email sequence. Now, I have actually had quite a few people that have either messaged me or I've been chatting about email marketing. Now, I kind of feel like, you know, it's been around for so long and a lot of people still do not use email marketing. They haven't really sorted out their opt-in they don't have an email welcome sequence and just things that I kind of think maybe we set up right at the beginning of our business, but there's still things that I think a lot of business owners struggle with and maybe you're just not seeing the value of it. Maybe you're not seeing the value of building your email list. But if you do have any kind of online business, if you've got a podcast, if you are selling products and services, no matter what they are, I think that there is always an opportunity to create an email list of people who love what you have. And so today I have got the gorgeous Anna Rogan, who is a foolhardy olive farmer and stubbornly creative copywriter who specializes in personality driven website and email copy for small businesses on the podcast. Now, before we do dive in, there are a couple of things that I wanted to share. The first thing that I haven't done for a little while is beautiful reviews. And you know that I love it when you leave a review. So I wanted to read out some gorgeous reviews from you, my beautiful listeners, because I love ya. I friggin' love ya. Yeah. So the first one is from Dixie and Dixie is actually one of my new BBA ladies as well. Dixie says, a must listen to series for any aspiring entrepreneur. I started listening to Suze a few months ago in the lead up to my second year in business. Feeling unsure, overwhelmed and lacking clarity, I found exactly what I need to fire me up, start planning and get into massive action. Year two is looking real good. I highly recommend adding to your list of most trusted sources of business inspiration and tips. Dixie, Thank you. Love having you in BBA as well, lady. Next one is by Hockfit Lou. Love these names. The best part of my work day. Love listening to Suze on my drive to work. I'm learning so much about how to improve my business. Suze is so motivating. Thank you, Hockfit Lou. I'm so glad you're enjoying it. I just want to say a massive thank you to those who have left a podcast review. It does actually help me go up the rankings. And when you subscribe, that also helps me as well. So the higher I go up the rankings, it's not just a vanity metrics. It actually means that more people can find me if I rank well in marketing and business, which is what the podcast is under. So if you haven't subscribed, please hit the subscribe button on whichever app you use. And if you get a chance, I would love you to leave a review as well. It would mean so much to me. And that's that. So let's dive into this week's episode. Anna Rogan, welcome to the Brand Builders Love podcast. Hi. <laughs> 
How are you? Pretty good. That's good. Now, Anna, for those of my gorgeous listeners, and I do know a lot of my listeners actually do know you as well, uh, because we've been to a few events together and stuff like that. But for those of you, those who don't know you, can you give us a little bit of a background on who you are, what you do, how you got here, just to, you know, just those few small things? (laughs) Sure, my life story. Yeah. Um, it's so exciting to be here today, actually, because I've been listening to your podcast for ages, Suze. And yeah, I do know a lot of your listeners, so it's nice to be You're in, you're in good company. Yeah. You're in familiar company. <laughs> um, so for those who don't know me, I'm Anna Rogan and I'm a copywriter. Um, I write emails and websites for heart-led, purpose-driven small businesses and entrepreneurs. Um, and I've been working in my copywriting business for about four or five years now. Um, before that I was in comms and media roles for state government and for, um, big corporates like NAB. Um, and before that I did a psychology degree. Uh, so I'm bring with me into my copywriting business, all that background of, Uh, working with big brands to communicate really complex messages in an engaging and conversational way, um, as well as that understanding of how to build a human connection and how how our brains work. Yeah, I love that. And so do you find that you use that psychology degree a lot in, uh, in the work that you do? Quite a bit, yeah. It was sort of a good degree to do in terms of just about anything. <laughs> people are complex. Yeah, people, people are complex. complex. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's so good. And so what made you jump into your own business? I, well, my husband and I were both working in the city, city-based jobs, and we knew we didn't want to live in the city. Um, so we sort of noodled around with the idea of me going freelance for a long time. When we were young and naive, we thought that would mean... Um, me being a travel blogger so we could <laughs> live in Mongolia <laughs> and then we had kids <laughs> and things got a bit more practical so yeah copywriting seems like a good fit amazing and so does he what so does he still work in the city like he's doing something else now because you have moved out to an olive farm yes <laughs> about six months ago yes. uh, we moved from an inner city suburb in Melbourne out to a little country Victoria town and we literally we like drew a circle around um, the V line the rural train line here in Victoria to have a look at where, where could be the furthest we could move so he could still commute into the wow um, so he's a project manager but right after we landed here in our new farm (laughs) um still feels weird to say yeah Um, he got a job uh, a local job so he works for the department of environment land water planning and there's a rural office here just 10 minutes up the road amazing so so he's ended up working closer to home than he ever has in his life (laughs) that's incredible I love that see sometimes when you just make the decision to go after the things that you want things just fall into place. Totally. And we've been lucky, but I also say we've put ourselves in the way of luck. Oh, I like that. That might be a quote that I use from this episode. You have to put yourself in the way of luck. Good one. It's like, you should be a copywriter. (laughs) I'll think about it. Yeah. 
<laughs> you just have a way with words. That's so good. That's awesome. And so what kind of businesses, like you were saying sort of heart-led, but I know that you're really passionate about working for social, socially conscious type businesses as well, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So really it runs the... It runs a gamut. I want to work with people and I work with people who are, um, who want to use their skills and their magic to make a difference and make an impact in the world. And that might be in really small ways. Um, so it might be a photographer or a graphic designer um, who are helping women feel more empowered in their business. Or it might be in bigger ways, like it might be a social enterprise or a charity type setup. So um, I'm not just for social cha- social enterprises and charity charities. It's for all kinds of businesses who are driven to yeah to do good in the world. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I feel like I've been speaking. I uh, I was just chatting with the color coded girls uh, Beck and Sal recently, and they'll be on the podcast. I'm doing a series on business stories. And they have a fashion brand, but it's all ethical and sustainable. And they're very focused on looking at how their business does good as well, because uh, Beck is a disability worker and sells a teacher and all of this sort of stuff. So I just think we are definitely in a time now where people are looking at like, how is what I do impacting the world in a good way? How am I supporting those who are wanting to be like that as well. Um, and I think, yeah, I do think that it's important for us to talk about that. If that's how we, if that's how we are positioned and this is something that's important to us, I think that it's always good to talk about it because we want to align our values with businesses that have the same values as us as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, you're a marketer, Suze, and copywriting is a type of marketing service and, marketing can sometimes come with a bit of a bad name and there are some really <laughs> dodgy what <laughs> yeah yeah right <laughs> surprise yeah. and there are people out there doing some pretty dodgy things and using some pretty manipulative um and misleading kind of tactics to sell um with the with the end goal being set to sell and to make money and i am not against making money at all um, but I think there's a way to sell ethically and to use copywriting and to use marketing to be values-based um, yeah. and to do good, to sell, to make money, but to do good as well. Yeah, um, awesome. And I think more of us are feeling that responsibility to, yeah. to the world yeah. and to our yeah, greater communities to do that. Yeah, and I think it's a very good trend which is awesome. Now today uh, we are going to be talking about copywriting tactics to create a winning welcome email sequence. Now I do think that this is something that number one, a lot of people don't think about. Number two, people struggle with and I don't have a number three. So... Uh, just those are the two things uh but yeah I think that this is something that could be a lot better probably could be a lot better for me too I think I updated my uh welcome sequence a while ago uh and I read it and I was like yeah it's okay like I try and obviously put my personality in it and stuff but yeah I'm just like just call me let's have a chat that'll be more fun but obviously that's not sustainable so I'm excited that we're going to be going through this today so before we get started what are the things that you find 
people struggle with when it comes to this? Yeah, I, I think people struggle with really understanding um, what they're for and what they can do with a winning welcome email sequence. Yeah. Um, and then basic stuff like how many emails should it have, yes. what should go in it, you know, what sort of timings between the emails. Um, yeah. yeah, just some of those things. Yeah, and then the other thing I struggle with as well is uh, the email sequence, the the welcome sequence, but then them then going onto my list because I email my subscribers every week because I've got new podcast episodes or there's an event or whatever it is. And so it's like, when do I bring them into that as well? Like, you know, if I've got a number of emails, like I don't want to be kind of doubling, double sending sort of thing as well. So I think that's the other thing. So I guess for those people who maybe are new to email marketing, can we just talk about what it is? So when, when are we doing this? Why is it important? Yeah, so a welcome email sequence is the series of emails that you send to someone after they become a subscriber to your list for the first time. So you might have an email sign-up form on your website. Um, You might pop people on your list as a standard practice if they've made an inquiry with you. Um, You might have a freebie or a lead magnet or an opt-in, whatever you want to call it. Um, And these are the first emails that you send right after they've signed up. So before we dive in, obviously we're not going to go into this, but if you have not started building your list, then that is something that you need to start doing. So this is like, you know, you're making the decision. Yes, I'm going to build my list. I'm going to do all this. I'm going to have the opt-in or whatever it is, because remember social is rented space. You don't own that. It can go away tomorrow. Uh, And so now that they have opted in for something, what do we do now? That's right. Um, and they're a bit different to a sales funnel email sequence, um, which you might traditionally see, you know, attached to launching a product or a service or a membership course that have a really specific um, sales goal in mind. Um, so the, the main goal of these is more to warm people up to who you are um, and to get them opening your emails. But I would say that there is still an opportunity in that welcome email sequence to get people to act, um, whether that's buying something or doing something else. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, let's dive in then. Uh, so what, so how do we kind of make this something that people want to open? What are some of the, you know, tactics or the, the good, you know, the interesting things we can do? Yep. So the first hurdle is definitely getting people to open the email. And this is a really obvious starting point, but your subject line has to be strong. Um, It's really important to get people's interest right from the word go. I think we find that our email inboxes are pretty jammed up. um, And sometimes we sign up for things. We just want the freebie or we really, you know, like what we see on someone's website, but we forget (laughs) that we signed up for it yeah Yeah. (laughs) or why and then you might get an email from such and such and you think Mm -hmm. I've got no idea what that is I'm just deleting it so we want to get past that feeling of I'm just deleting that with with something um, interesting in that subject line so there's a few things a few tactics you can try Um, open loop works really well so you might call this a teaser And it's a psychological phenomena where um, we know that people pay attention to things that aren't complete. 
So I just went through my, yeah, so you want to open a loop in the, in the reader's mind. It sounds complicated, but it's actually really simple. Um, before, while I was preparing for this podcast, Suze, I went into my um, emails and had a look at, look at some of the ones that I've been sent recently yeah. so I could use some real-life examples. Oh, what, mine? Perfect lines, not yours. Oh. Um, <laughs> I'm like, are you about to out me, Anna? No. <laughs> like, you sent me an email that was pretty bad. No, Anna. no, no, no. No, Suze Chadwick takedowns. Um, so here are some open loop subjects, subjects, lines that I've received. Um, two weird rules. Um, found this and thought of you. You might find this interesting. I tried to resist it. So, so you're... It's like it's a not, question, like it's like you're putting a question in my mind, like what did you try what, and resist or exactly. what made you What made you think of me or, ah, yeah. I like yeah. it. They're almost irresistible. You have to open them to find out what the, to complete the mm, loop. Yeah. Very good. Now you, you talked about the next um, tactic right just then, so good segue, Sue. Yeah. <laughs> You're a pro. <laughs> totally onto it, yeah. Um, as asking a question. So um, it does a similar thing. We want to know the answer. Um, bonus points if you can add some personalization or something personal in like these subject lines. Um, how's that focus going, Anna? Yeah. I do. Sometimes I do use the names, and I, but I don't, I try not to overuse it, yeah. like where you can personalize it. But yeah. yeah. But I have to be honest, and I'm going to say this. When I get an email where my name is not, even though I know it's automated, when I get an email that I've subscribed to where my name is not like Hi Suze, I get, yeah. I feel, I feel like it was lazy or <laughs> something. Like, dude, like you've got my name, it's automated. It's always yeah. nice to get a hey, 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 Suze, or hi, hope you're well, like whatever it is. Like even though, you know, I know the system's doing it. I just, I actually think that that is something. What do you think about that, like yeah. using names? Yeah, I agree. I think personalization is really important. I think we're pretty savvy to it, like you say. You know, we see we it know, and we know. but it's still nice. It still gives you that feeling. Even though we know what's happening, you still get that little feeling of being seen. Yeah. And I think, you know, where I've seen it work really well and where I've used it, also is to have somebody's name in the copy of the body of the email and not just yeah. in the introduction. Um, you're not expecting it. So then you see your name at the end of a sentence and you're like, oh, you know, do you, again, you get oh that gosh, little feeling. Oh, my they wrote it just for me. For me. <laughs> even, though you, even though you know that part of your brain is saying, I know you didn't, another part of your, like, lizard brain is yeah. still feeling great because you've seen your own name yeah uh, so yeah but but as you said before you know don't overuse it you definitely don't want to have every subject line no. you know with their name just yeah. sprinkle sprinkle it in with discernment yeah but i think just with that i do think that that is an important point people love the personalization and because it's automated don't miss the opportunity there basically i think that's yeah. good yeah 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 um Another question that was asked in the subject line was what's the one thing that makes you, you? It was really nice because it, it makes me think about myself. It sort of, again, appeals to that, um, that need that we have to, or that think about <laughs> natural, ourselves. Yeah, natural inclination <laughs> to, you know, have ourselves at the forefront of our minds all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, say something unexpected or controversial. So here are a few <laughs> hog grease, babies and curses. 
Like it's just completely random, random, weird, unexpected, and made me, I just went, what? What is he on about? <laughs> um, you're weird with your spelt Y-O-U-R, and it was sent to a list of copywriters. Okay. that works really well. I'm just Um, thinking, Anna, like, who are you subscribing to? These people are strange. Yeah, copywriters are weird. Um, Like a girl, and it was sent by a man, that one. Mm, Okay. Yeah. Um, The content was, you know, good. Like a girl, girl's good. Anyway. Um, And reckon it gets easier. I have some bad news for you, Anna. Mm, Okay. So, you know, sort of playing on that controversy. Was this all from the one person? No, no, different ones. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, Humour obviously works really well. I got one recently that was getting naked um, and that just made me laugh and I just wanted to open it because it made me laugh. (laughs) um, And then a a final one to try is hinting at free stuff. If If you've got something that is an additional offer or a discount or a free download and it's not the thing that the person has opted in for or it could be but you know it might be a little something extra you're giving them hint at it in the subject line so they know they're going to get something when they open up so an example um of one that I got was you made it there's a surprise for you inside okay yeah um now the other thing to think about with subject lines and getting people to open is that you want to try to avoid spam words uh because you don't want your emails to get lost in someone's um spam folder so what words are spammy things that are um, like make more money or like those sorts of things yeah yeah over the top claims are a big one but also um you know 100 extra something or other um active campaign actually did a really good blog late last year with a list of 188 words to try to avoid Oh, I have to go check them out because I use them as well. And they've also got their new subject line generator. Perfect. Have yes. you seen that? I haven't. It's no. quite like I've tried it. Um, so you put in, I think it says it's like, what's the action? What's the like main, like, it's like, what's the keyword? What's the problem or something like that. So you just put in like one word and then they give you like four or five. That's awesome. Different. Yeah. Um, so it could be a question. It could be like the problem, whatever it is. Now I know that I've got some listeners that are going, yeah, but they're copywriters or she's a copywriter. Like I'm not that, you know, creative or like what, how, how do we test what works with our audience? How do we come up with, obviously I've just said active campaign, I've got a generator, but <laughs> like, <laughs> are there any tools and stuff that you can use or ways to think about it? How can we make this easier for ourselves? Any thoughts? That's a really good question. Um, how to be more creative. I think, I, look, I think it helps with email if you can just take a step back and um, think about it in terms of you're talking to people. You're, you're trying to engage people. There's people at the other end. It's not this big, like, um, whole business blast. You, I think if you can remember that you're talking to one person sitting at their laptop, 
having their coffee, opened up their email at 8am, you know, the scrolling through the, you know, all the things that they subscribe to that they should probably unsubscribe from because they, you know, and you, and you're in that mode, then it's easier to think playfully and creatively to maybe not take yourself too seriously or not take what you have to say too seriously. Even if you are a serious brand, you are, you are putting yourself into someone's inbox. You are having a one-on-one connection with them, even if it's a one-to-many email. Just think about that when you're, when you're writing the subject lines. I mean, yeah. And And so would you test like open rates and things like that? Yeah. Yeah. And you can see where people sort of fall out of, you know, they might open the first, you might have a good open rate on the first one and then, you know, it declines over time or you might have one in particular that has a fairly, you know, average open rate on. Um, but yeah, sometimes the most, the best performing emails are the ones that get a big unsubscribe because you have said something controversial that speaks directly to your people Yeah, and kind of weeds out the ones that aren't yeah, right. Yeah, I'm just like, if people unsubscribe, I'm totally, I'm just like, that's cool. You're obviously, you're obviously not interested in what I do or what I've got or how I work. And so that's cool. Like, I'm yeah. good with that. So yeah. I think that's definitely something to think about. Now, I'm keen to get into this because we which we're going to be talking about like the next, like what comes next as well to get the engagement, et cetera, yep. uh, in your welcome email sequence. And I'm interested in this because I have signed up for one or two things and I find it excessive. Right, I find okay. the number of emails or the length of copy or all those sorts. I'm just like, oh, like, <laughs> like, I don't have time to read through all this. Uh, so I'm, yeah, I'm really interested to see like what you think is key to making this super engaging for people who are signing up and how to make it really interesting and different and not too overwhelming as well. Yep. Yep. So I think, um, you know, the key with that overwhelm is to think about what is your end game with your welcome email sequence? What do you want people to do when they get to the end of it? Is it, um, you know, you just want them opening your emails. Although I would challenge you to think beyond that. Yeah, think it, bigger, you know, people. Think, think bigger. bigger. Yeah. Think bolder. <laughs> um, is it, you know, you want them to book in a discovery call with you? Do you want them to buy a, a service or offering? Maybe you've got a nice little um, dip your toe in kind of low paid offering that you want to convert people to, you know, whatever it is, what's your end game? Keep that one single-minded goal throughout your email sequence so that you're not overwhelming people with reams of information, Mm -hmm. lots of different actions you're giving them to take. It's coming back to this one, this one thing all the time. Obviously that's the same tactic that you, you know, we kind of take with sales email funnels as well as what's the one thing we need people to do what's the one goal and have a single minded focus on that and with welcome email sequences we also want people to be getting a feel for who we are and what we do but i think having that one goal in mind can reduce the overwhelm and the amount of information yeah another thing i think about in terms of what should go into these emails is four whys why you or your business. So that's about, you know, who you are, what your values are, what your brand is at a really high level. Um, why them? So connecting with 
this prospect or your audience on empathising with them, what are their pain points, what are their challenges, what are their desires, um, why you're offering, so why are your products or your services the best fit to answer those challenges that they have or fulfil their desires, and then why now? So um, that could be a limited time offer that you have for someone that might compel them to take action now, or it could be, you know, a future state thing. So if you, it, you could still be, you know, in 12 months time, where do you want to be? Do you yeah. want to be having the same challenges you're having now? Or do you want to be wherever this product or service can take you or can answer for you? So it doesn't necessarily have to be a, be an offer. Yeah, I was just about to say, I think that um, I feel like welcome sequences that I've had in the past have been more of an introduction. So it's almost like, you know, um, here is whatever it is that you downloaded because usually it's an opt-in of some sort. Yep. Uh, and then it's kind of like, you know, um, it's awesome to have you here. You know, you can check me out on Insta and here because I'm like, you can connect with me in other places. Yep. Uh, and yeah, and here's a bit of information on what we do and who we are and, yep. and, and that sort of thing. But then that's, um, you know, and then I might say, you know, I send out an email every Thursday with yep. the latest podcast episode. So that's just what to expect. So I'm not really selling anything in like when they first get it. But then obviously I do have, you know, follow-up emails based on whatever it is that they downloaded. Yeah. And I think, you know, what I would say is that your goals for that particular welcome email sequence would be warming people up yeah. so that they're ready to act when you do have, you know, you send them an invite to an event or you open up your academy or whatever your offer might be next, that you have coming in your um, regular emails that you send up. Yeah. Send out. So that's a fine, and, and that's a fine goal to have in a welcome email sequence and a pretty common one that you'll find is just, I want people to feel engaged with my brand and I want them opening my emails so that yeah. when I've got something to send them, they get it. Yeah. Yeah. Are we going to talk about open rates at all? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there no. was a physical reaction to that. Okay. Because I guess, I mean, that's, that's for me is something that I do look at like on a regular basis and I'm really nosy. Like I also do also go take a look at who opened my emails mm. um, because I do see like there are always the same people that are always super engaged. Was what, what was my open rate? Has it been getting better or worse? Like, you know, I just, because I'm just like, I don't just do it for the fun of it. So I want to make sure that it's landing where I want it to land as well. So yeah, that's just something else that I do look at. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really important. And I think, you know, it can help you in the way that you write too because if you know that the same people are opening it every time, you can have that person in mind. Those those 1%, those super fans that you talk about, Suze, you can have that person in your mind when you're writing to them and it makes the writing so much more personal and the content so much more effective. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. What's next? What else do we need to be thinking about? So we've got them to open the email. Um, we're thinking about writing for just one reader, which we've just spoken about. We want to follow through on the subject line. So if you do ask a question or you start, try something with, you know, open, <laughs> open loop. That would be funny. You're like, guess what? And then you don't tell them. <laughs> yeah, right. But, I mean, even with something like a straightforward subject line, you just erode trust so quickly when you don't follow through. When on it's irrelevant. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And you see it, you know, you, you do see it happening sometimes. Um, 
whatever your offer is or whatever you want the person to do. So say for example, you want someone to join your, follow you on Instagram because that's where you hang out. Um, you want to mention that several times. It yeah. Might- I link to my, like, I'm like, make sure that you follow me at Sue Chadwick yep. and then I'll say it. Yeah. Say it again later. Yep. And I know that when you're doing, when you're sitting down and writing the content and you're reading it, email one, email two, email, you know, back to back, it can feel really pushy. Um, But actually making it easy for the person to do the thing you're asking them to do is the most polite thing. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, so make the offer multiple times. um, And, you know, we also know that people need People need to see see it multiple times often to make a decision to follow through. So we just want to yeah. make that nice and easy for them. Um, use the postscript. Uh, so there's this effect in, it's called the recency effect. We can't resist a postscript. It's the last thing we see. Even skim readers will pause at a postscript and have a look at what it says. So put yeah. your most in, reiterate your, reinforce your most important message down there in the PS put your offer or your, you know, your link to your Instagram or whatever it might be in the PS again. Yes. I've been doing that a lot more. I was listening to a podcast a while ago about the PS as well, that sometimes people will read the heading, then they will like maybe scan the top, but then they'll go straight down to the PS. And if it's, if it's of interest then they might come back up and read the whole email. Yes. Like just from a behavior perspective, which I'm like, wow, like I don't do that, which is super interesting, but I'm like, okay, cool. I need to make sure that my PSs kind of have my main thing that I want them to know or read or do or so, yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. And I mean, it's interesting that you say you don't behave that way, but we know some people do. Um, and I wanted to talk about being disruptive with your emails. So, we, so I've, you know, been hinting at that a bit with the subject lines Um, but the content as well needs to be, it helps if it can be a little bit unexpected. And I would be taking this as a way forward into all your emails, not just your welcome sequence is that you, you know, we all have a pretty, a style that we write in, um, and we all tend to have, you know, uh, a way that we like to write, that we like to learn, that we process information. So we might be more storytellers or we might be more interested in the detail of things or put FAQs and, and social proof and those kind of things in. Or we might be decisive people who are skim readers who need the link at the top and the link at the bottom and then, you know, might go back and read the detail. If you're only ever telling stories in your emails or you're only ever giving FAQs or you're only ever, you know, whatever it might be, you're only talking to one particular learning style or one particular personality type that processes information that way. So breaking things up, you know, trying different um, styles and doing different things in your emails can really help you reach broader parts of your audience Mm. that like to process information in different ways. Um, So what sort of things? Things like, um, you know, telling personal stories. Um, But if all we're seeing in our inboxes is personal stories, our eyes start to glaze over. So you can mix that up with a really quick, sharp um, three steps to something or how to something in five easy steps or whatever it might be. If all your emails are how to do something in five easy steps or three ways to whatever, again, eyes glaze over. So you want to mix in the more personal elements with the, you know, and the storytelling with those more 
hard edge stuff, put in a bit more detail, go for a shorter email, you know, try, try some different things and see what happens. Just keep it interesting for your audience. Yeah. Do you have any opinions or thoughts on plain text versus uh, emails with graphics and different things? Yeah, I do. I think it depends on the brand and the audience, mm. what's going to work. I know that's a really cool, kind of boring response. <laughs> no, but... no, no, that's okay. Because I'm just like, some like people are like, well, people will read uh, emails if there's like, if it's more just looks like a regular email yep. that they're getting from somebody as opposed to a subscriber's email or a yep. welcome sequence or whatever. And I've tried it a few times and I feel boring sending it. Yep. Like yep. when it's just plain text, because I'm just like, oh, it just doesn't like, there's just nothing of me in that. I know. And, um, and Suze, your brand is big and bold. And so a plain text email. I I've tried it. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, it doesn't. It makes me sad, Anna. It makes me sad when I do plain text. <laughs> right. So, I mean, but we do see really good engagement rates with plain text emails because people do think, oh, because there hasn't been a lot put in in terms of visual elements mm. and where then then it's just been written on the fly by this person like they would write me an email anyway mm, um so should so, i try it well yes yeah, yeah i, I think feel like i've tried it before i don't know that i looked at the stats on it i was just like that made me feel sad yeah, um but, but maybe i should it try it feel right <laughs> i mean and again you know i just did a welcome email sequence for a graphic designer um and at the at the you know, we talked about a few different options. Originally, I had some GIFs in her emails because GIFs are really engaging. I do love GIFs. Oh, they're funny. They're relevant. They give you that little bit of delight. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, her brand is really about, you know, beautiful high-end design and it wasn't a right fit. It wouldn't be what her audience would expect to see from her. But having said that, after she's done the welcome email sequence, she might play with some gifts and some mm. other different elements to mix it up a bit later on. Um, so, yeah, so it's what's going to work for your brand and, and what works best for you. Yeah, I've got, I've got a sales email coming out later today because BBA closes on the day that we're recording this. And I did put a couple of gifts in and I did actually sit and laugh at them. I'm like, you're so sad, Sue. So I'm just like, that's so funny. <laughs> Lots of people like gifts. Yeah. Um, they break like it up it. a bit. They do. They do. And, and they, they allow you to show your sense of humor in a, yeah, in a really different way without having to be clever or creative with the words, which is yeah. nice. Um, you, in terms of visual elements, your face is a really great thing to put into emails, particularly your welcome email sequence, because people want to know you. It might feel a bit awkward putting a, big old photo of your I don't have a problem with that but most but some people might yeah yeah but um get over it no well I actually say you know something for me I mean this was really for me receiving emails from other people that I'd subscribed to over a number of years and I just love the fact that I saw her face every Thursday at you know, nine o'clock, I'd grab my coffee and then I'd read her email and there was always a video because it was like her blog, her vlog um, or her YouTube video. And for me, yeah, the face was a big thing. 
Yeah. It was yeah. really, that yeah. was like me hanging out with her every Thursday morning. Yeah. It's lovely. Um, people want to see you. Yeah. Um, video is such a good um, tool. We don't see a lot of it in emails. Um, so for me with video, the only thing is it's kind of like, so if they click on it, then they're going somewhere else, aren't they? Because a lot of, I mean, are you seeing videos that are playing in yeah. emails? Okay. Yeah. okay. So I think um, Bomb Bomb is one, Tarzan K, who's a copywriter, United States copywriter uses Bomb Bomb. Um, Loom, I think you can play in, in, in the email. Emails. Okay. First worth having a look at what. Um, I'll have to take a look at that. Yeah, it does send, some others do send people away, but because I would love to have like in email played videos, but I'm just really conscious that I don't want to have a video that they then click away and they don't come back to finish the email or something like that. There is another one that starts with a B that I, I can't remember the name of right now, but I'll send it to you afterwards so you can put it in the um, show notes if you like. But I'll check Um, out Loom because I do use Loom as a screen recorder. Yep. Um, Yeah. So interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, and the other way I've seen email used is um, personalized email. So obviously if you've got a really huge list, um, this might not be something that works well for you um but sending an email to people as sending a video to people where you actually address them directly oh um, so bonjour 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 that's, that. that's the one i was thinking of yes so yeah. i know jess from collaborasaurus uses it whenever somebody new like joins the collabo hub uh and i got one from sarah heard at christmas as well it was so nice it's so nice it's just again that delight factor yeah. and that personalization that oh this person actually i'm not just a name on their list mm. they actually care and have taken the time you know to talk to me directly to say yeah. thank you yeah um, if that's too you know if your list is too big or that feels like too much of a commitment, you can also use video to respond to people's questions. So something that I see work really well for engagement is asking people questions in your email and inviting them to respond. Um, and it, and it doesn't have to be boring stuff like, you know, tell me your challenges with service. It can be fun stuff like what's your favorite. Ice cream flavor. Exactly. Stuff that, stuff that, um, allows a person to tell them about you because we all want to talk about ourselves. We're all very interested in ourselves um, and just opens the dialogue. So these aren't just email blasts that I'm sending out to you. Like I'm a person at the other end of this email and you can talk to me, invite them to email you um, and, and then email them back when they do. Yeah. Um, and when you email them back or if, if you have subscribers asking you questions about things, Sometimes it can almost be quicker to record a video than to write, like to type the email response. And again, you're getting that your face is in their email, they're seeing you, they're getting that lovely personal response. So yeah, video can work really well too. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cause I mean, I respond on video a lot or an audio in like Instagram DMs, but yeah, in, uh, in email, like if somebody replies to my email, I'll definitely reply back to them, which is interesting. Cause I have like reply replied to other people's emails and then I never hear anything back. And I'm actually like, oh, that's, that's very rude. Yeah. It's <laughs> not the best experience. <laughs> and I think I asked a question as well or something like about mm. a product or service that they talked about 
in their email um, and I didn't get any response. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Maybe you went to spam, Sus. Maybe. Maybe. Sad face. I know, exactly. That made me feel sad as well. But uh, (laughs) no, I love it. That's so good. Is there anything else that we need to be thinking about? The final thing that I would just challenge people to think about in these, um, in their welcome email sequence and in other parts of their copy as well is covering customer objections head on. Yeah. Um, you know, so if you know that there are things that might stop a person from buying your product and service, you, you don't have to necessarily spell them out, but you should be looking at, um, ways in which you can, um, overcome those objections for people. I know that sometimes I find your clients are a bit worried that if they talk about something negative that somebody hasn't thought about before that they might put people off. Um, But I actually find that tackling objections builds empathy with the people who already have those questions and thoughts in their mind. And for the people who don't have those questions and thoughts, you're showing your integrity and you're being transparent. So you're building trust in that way. Um, I know that I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, Suze. No, all good, all good. I think that, you know, something, I think that sometimes we know stuff and we don't always implement it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I kind of think it's kind of like looking at things with fresh eyes as well. So if you do have opt-ins and you are building your list, then you do need to take a look at your email sequence and, you know, have a listen to this and maybe do a little bit of a checklist and think through it and say, am I you know, handling objections and am I being interesting and am I disrupting and am I being personal? And, you know, cause I think that we kind of do things on autopilot a little bit sometimes as well. So, yeah. you know, yeah. and I also think there's no harm in revisiting these things every year to kind of go, does this still stand and does it still work for what I want to focus on now as well? So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, awesome. That's so good. And so, Anna, for those listeners who want to find out more about you, where's the best place to connect? We'll have obviously all your details in the show notes. Uh, But, yeah, where can they find you? Uh, My website is annarogan.com, but I mostly hang out on Instagram. So, And my handle is at annaroganwriter. Oh, fantastic. That's so good. Well, thank you so much for all those tips. I think that, you know, this episode is going live at the beginning of 2020. And I think that it's always good for us to review these things. So definitely have a listen, maybe have more than one listen or sit and kind of write down some of the things that you want to test out. I know for me, I think the subject line is definitely something that I want to play with a little bit more. Um, I feel like I try and be very practical maybe with my subject lines and I, maybe I need to be a little bit more playful with them, um, and test that out as well. And I'm definitely going to be checking out, uh, videos that play in emails cause I would love to do that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So good. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Well, I hope that that was helpful. I hope that it is going to help you to connect more with the people who are actually signing up to your email list so that you can build a relationship with them and obviously lead them to the content products and services that you would like them to go as well. So I think that it's really worth looking at. At the beginning of every year, I always kind of look at, you know, where I'm going, what I'm doing, you know, what sort of messages am I putting out there, what's working, what's not. So I think that an email welcome sequence, especially when we spend so much time trying to build our email list, like these are the things we need to be looking at. So make sure that you sit down with a notebook and 
go through all of Anna's tips if you weren't doing so during listening to this podcast and I really hope it helps. If you enjoyed this episode, then make sure that you share it. I would love you to do that. But that is it for another week. Remember, if you want to come and join the conversation, then you can always come to my free Facebook group, which is Bold Women in Business. The link will be in the show notes as well or just head over to Facebook. You can follow me on all socials at Suze Chadwick. But thanks so much for listening. If you did enjoy this episode, then I would love you to leave a review so that others can find the podcast and come and hang out with us. Listen, the music in this podcast was created by Declan DP on SoundCloud. Until next time, have an awesome week and make sure you keep playing big and branding bold.